Hi, this is Joe Shannon. I'm a lawyer, a husband, a father of six kids, and I also uh, host a podcast called Opening Statement with Joe Shannon. Please consider listening to our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple, and any other folks that host podcasts. Just Google Joe Shannon and podcast and you'll find it. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, we are very lucky, blessed, um, grateful that we're able to talk to um, uh, a young lady from our parish, St. Joan of Arc in Lyle, uh, Maria Grogeski. Did I say that right? Grogeski? Grogeski. Grogeski. That's, yeah. So I always, you know, have a little bit tough when I'm with that second name, but I know Maria. So I can just call you Maria, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maria's right? Okay, good. So Maria is um, up in Duluth, Minnesota, and has just a, a great uh, career right now. She is a graduate of Naperville North High School, Northwestern, played soccer there, and then uh, had a career uh, after that, and we'll, we'll talk to her about that. So, uh, Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure. So, tell us where you are right now. So, right now, I am in Duluth, Minnesota, and I am at the University of Minnesota Duluth, working on campus at the Newman Center, the Catholic Center here. Um, so I'm, this is my third year as a missionary, and this is my, this is my first year in Duluth. The last two years I was in Lincoln, Nebraska, doing the same, doing the same work. And so, like you mentioned, I played uh, college soccer. And so there's a branch of focus called Varsity Catholic in which now I specifically work with athletes. So I have um, an athlete Bible study that meets weekly that I've been kind of investing more, more time in, um, helping them grow in their faith and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Um, and focus, yeah, has had a great impact on my life. And I just desire to give other people what I've received in passing along the faith. Great. Um, so t let's, let's talk about focus. So, um, yeah. so, so how did you first get introduced to focus? Yeah. So focus was on Northwestern's campus my freshman and sophomore year of college. And I, my freshman year, I was still, I grew up Catholic and everything. And I was still going to mass my freshman year on my own. And I think it was winter of my freshman year. I, it was just after mass one day, there was a focused missionary who approached me. Her name is Molly. Um, and so that's, that was my first exposure to focus. And so just like meeting her, becoming friends with her, um, that was how I first came to discover it. And then there was another missionary who came in after her, who I, who's also one of my best friends to this day. Um, and so those two years, yeah, focus was at Northwestern and we didn't have it my junior and senior year. But then once, once I was a junior, uh, I started thinking about becoming a missionary just because of the impact that Molly and Megan had had on my life. So what is focus? So, what is it? What does it stand for? A focus? Yeah. So focus stands for the fellowship of Catholic university students. Um, and it's a national outreach organization. We have missionaries at over 150 campuses in the United States with about over 700 missionaries currently. And we have some international as well right now. But the whole goal of it is to 
be present on college campuses and because just knowing the need that in college is when a lot of young people fall away from the faith um you know because they're on their own and they can now make their own choices and a lot of people don't don't necessarily want to keep going to mass and keep going to church um and so the importance of having focused missionaries on campuses in the catholic centers to be able to essentially teach bring these kids back and like teach them the beauty that there is within being Catholic. And that's what it was for me. I grew up Catholic, but I didn't, um, I never really understood the beauty of it until I met Molly. And so her presence and her friendship to actually teach me, the, to show me the beauty of the Catholic faith and show me that you can actually have a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, that was the first time I had ever seen someone with such joy about being Catholic. And so, um, so yeah, focus, that's the main apostolate is being on college campuses, uh, currently in the United States. Um, yeah, preaching the gospel and helping, helping people grow in their faith and stay in the church and remain faithful. That's great. So you as a, uh, division one athlete for, first of all, let's talk about that a little bit. So tell me about your soccer career. So you played at a powerhouse, which is neighborhood North. All right, would you play offense, defense, goalie? What were you? I played midfield. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you're the runner. You you ran the, the whole yeah. field, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, did you play that midfield at uh, Northwestern as well? Yeah, midfield. Um, some center mid, mostly mostly got pushed out on the wing a lot. So that was the most running. You know, you had to sprint up to, when you're on offense to get in the attack, and then when you lose the ball, the other team is doing the same thing. So then you have to go and defend the other person. <laughs> so, Are you still playing? No, not too much. No, I did a little bit uh, last, the previous two years at Nebraska, I was doing some intramurals, but this year I haven't played much at all. Yeah. So you, I miss it, but. Has your eligibility gone? Yeah. <laughs> That's too bad. That'd be kind of fun for you to I'm jump in on one of those teams, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so. so tell me about going, so you graduated from, from, uh, Northwestern. What was your degree in? Communications with a business certificate. Okay. And so, I mean, that's a pretty, pretty good school. A lot of kids want to get in there. Is, could, would you agree with me that, that, that your path is not the typical graduate of Northwestern path? Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of my, a lot of my teammates and then classmates, they're, yeah, in, in fields that are not not the missionary field. Um, and so it's definitely different. Um, but one of my friend, one of my really good friends actually kind of, it's funny because he was a year older than me. His name's Max, but he's a year older than me. And he took, basically I took the exact same path that he did. And so it was kind of helpful to follow in his footsteps a little bit. Um, but yes, it's definitely not typical. <laughs> How'd your, what did your folks say when you said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm graduating and I want to be a focused missionary. They were supportive. Yeah. And it was kind of gradual. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a announcement. Here it is like, yeah. because they had known that probably like my sophomore year, I was starting to grow my faith a lot and it, it was be starting to become a daily, a daily thing, like daily prayer, daily mass. Um, and they knew that, and they knew that I was really involved with focus and I was friends with the focus missionaries and going to, the national conferences that they put on. And so 
I think once it came around to like, oh, I'm applying to be a missionary and then getting to the point where it was like, I've been offered a job and I'm, I've accepted. Um, I don't think that they were shocked, um, but through it all, they've been really supportive. So that's wonderful. That's been, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then um, after you got to North, Northwestern, you, you said you headed off to University of Nebraska in Lincoln? Yep. That's a, pre- that's a pretty big school, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, tell me about that experience. You're, 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 you're driving out there, new place. Do you know anybody? Yeah, it was actually really helpful because so Max, the guy who was at Northwestern, he actually played football at Northwestern and his wife now, Molly, she was my missionary. Oh, okay. So then so, she, you, so, so it was a couple. Was that, yeah. So she was that first missionary who I met and they were out at Nebraska. So when I Where went. Where are they at now? They're still at Nebraska. Okay. Yeah. So Max is still a missionary. He is a fourth year now. Um, oh, that's great. So it was really helpful to know them uh, to kind of be, to kind of tr- make that transition into a new place. Mm-hmm. They have people I know. Um, sure. Uh, and it was funny because I've actually, I had actually been to Nebraska a number of times prior because Northwestern and Nebraska are, are both in the Big Ten. And yeah. so I had played on their fields. Sure. And actually it was funny because I had, when Max was a first year at Nebraska, I think we played, it was either maybe a spring game or maybe it was in the fall but we played at Nebraska and we like took a picture. So I have a picture of me in my Northwestern uniform with the Nebraska N in the back. <laughs> and once oh, I got great. to Nebraska, I was, I, I became really good friends with a girl on the soccer team and like showed her that picture at her field with me in my Northwestern <laughs> uniform. She was like, Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so tell me um, the, what, what you did. So you, you got there is your first job out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're at Nebraska. Tell me, tell me what kind of impact you made when you were in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good question because I think that I certainly, missionary life is different than any other career in some ways in that you can't, it's hard to measure success and the measure the way to measure success isn't the way that we've been taught to measure success in our lives. So like that being just like effort equaling results, like for soccer, it was like, if you don't know a skill, then you work harder at the skill and then you get it and you accomplish it or like school, you just study harder and then you get it. And so that kind of, that mindset was one that kind of, shocked me, I guess, or that truth, learning that. Um, And I would say that there were definitely, I think just, there were plenty of ways in which I was able to see the ways that I was impacting the lives of a lot of girls there while I was there. Um, But I would say that actually like this, this past year at our national conference where everyone comes together, I was able to see a lot of the fruits that came out of my work at Nebraska, even though I was five months into being in Duluth. Sure. Um, so, you know, so, so, so yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, listen, I'm one of uh, 10 kids. Okay. Yeah. And my mother was, she wasn't a focused person, but she really was. My, my mother was a missionary. Okay. And um, my father too, a very, my, my father was more of a St. Joseph character. Didn't really say much, but he, you know, um, but big actions. And my mother was, everybody loved my mother. 
you know, and she was a wonderful, wonderful evangelist. But, you know, it took her about 35 years or 40 years to get to me. So I understand that you're in a long game. Mm-hmm. I totally understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it, takes, it takes a long time, you know, uh, and, you, and you may never see the fruits of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But um, I, you know, one of the things that, that I, I understand from young people is they want to see the practical side of a faith life. Yeah. And how do you discuss that with them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's so, it's interesting because it's not, there's not one, I've learned that there's not one way to do it. It's kind of looking at the person in front of you and navigating the conversation and always asking the question, what does this person need in front of me? And whether, so whether it be asking them, like, well, I think that's a, that's a question to ask everyone is like, how's your prayer been? Or like, where do you want to grow? Um, And then from there, giving them practicals and like the importance of walking with them through the process too. And not just saying, here's something to do go do it. Good luck. (laughs) But rather saying, this is what, this is something that I can teach you. Let me walk you through it. And as you're walking through it, be there with you so that I can ask you, what do you think of this? Like what's happening inside of you? Like what, what's happening internally as you read this or pray with this Um, and to help, help them through the process of learning. Um, yeah, whether it be like learning different ways how to pray with scripture um, or like using your imagination with scripture, which is a really powerful form of prayer. Um, yeah, or even like helping them lead others. There's a girl at Nebraska who I was helping her start a Bible study with her team, with her soccer team actually. Um, and like walking her through that, the questions that she had, the questions that would arise with like, okay, now I'm, I'm like going into my first Bible study and I'm nervous. Like, what do I say? <laughs> um, and like kind of giving her my experience with that and then giving her tips with that. So yeah, a lot of asking them what they need and where they want to grow and then offering them practicals and also offering them my experience and what, where I have been successful. Well, that's good. So, so when you were at Northwestern, were, were you forming Uh, Bible studies for your team? Yeah, I actually started one my junior year. And that was actually a big part of my decision to become a missionary because it was, it was kind of, so Molly, the, that missionary that was there my freshman year, she was pushing me for a long time. She was like, you should start a Bible study with your soccer team. And me, I was like, that's not even on my radar. I like, I am not the kind of person to like step up and do that. So like, I don't know who you think I am, but that's not like, you're asking the wrong girl. Um, and then I went to, it was my, it was winter of my junior year. I went to one of, one of focus, focuses conferences and it was there that I was convicted that, Oh, God is calling me to start a Bible study with my team because they need him just as much as I need him. And so, yeah, I started that Bible study and yeah, it was really cool to go deeper with people who like, these are women who you see every day. Like when you play college sports with people, you probably spend like 
I don't know, on average, like four, five hours a day with these people every single day. And so you, you come to know them, you come to know them really well in certain ways, but then once you tap into like having a conversation about faith and where they're at with that, it's like you learn, you learn a whole nother side of the person. And so I was experiencing that and going deeper with those friendships. And I'm still in contact with some of those girls today who were pretty faithful to coming to Bible study. And actually one of them who, um, she grew up with no religion, uh, no exposure really, not baptized. And she was coming to, coming to the Bible study and was kind of like slow entering into it. But then eventually kind of fast forward, she was like getting more and more involved in like learning how to pray she'd asked me if I could teach her how to pray one day and I did. And I was starting to bring her around the Catholic center. And then eventually one day she was, she expressed a desire to be baptized. And so it was actually my first year at Nebraska. I flew back to Northwestern for Easter for her to be fully received and baptized into the Catholic church. So stories like that, where you just see the fruits. And so, so yes, to answer your question, um, I did lead my teams in, Bible studies and that's awesome so how, so how many how many kids did you have on your Bible study by the time you left um by the time I left it kind of it dwindled down a little bit but I would say that the the quality of those relationships are really good so I would say there's probably probably two or three other girls who are like pretty faithful um awesome coming around and so yeah really yeah those, those I mean, relationships that... are have been a gift and I've continue to stay in touch with them and so yeah I mean that that must have been something for mm -hmm. you to fly back to Northwestern or to Chicago and to to understand that you had a hand in someone being baptized oh totally yeah and she actually asked me to be her godmother too so I'm oh my yeah. gosh yeah so she's just a year younger than me but <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. So, so you're a godmother. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm actually the godmother to Molly and Max's daughter too. Oh, wow. So. That's pretty that, Yeah. I've got, I don't, I'm trying to think I've got, um, I think I've got four or five, um, God, I'm godfather to a four or five and, and it's really, um, a blessing to be able to do that because yeah. it's a, but it's a big deal. I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, you're in charge of making sure that, so I, I was, uh, one of the things I did this year was I decided that for all my godchildren, I was going to send them uh, a yearly subscription to the Magnificat. And oh. um, yeah, so I did that. I don't know whether they're going to read it or not. I, I don't know, but I, you know, uh, one of the things I'd think about is I, I want to make sure that I do my job mm -hmm. and, um, and then let everything else take off from there. And then hopefully the Holy Spirit will will help out with that because I'm just trying to do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. But yeah, uh, definitely it is a big responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're, so you're only in your uh, mid twenties or young twenties and you're already a godmother of two. So I think there's going to be a lot more down the line for you. <laughs> but uh, so tell me, um, so you're at Duluth now, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me what, what you do day to day. I know that we're in the middle of this COVID virus thing which all the kids have left, right? Uh, there are about six students here left. Okay. But just within our little quarantine bubble. But yeah, yeah, uh, classes aren't going on or anything. And everyone's yeah, going to Yeah, yeah. So um, 
before that, tell me what, what your day-to-day -day was um, that you would do every day for the, because that's, that's a pretty big school, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, yeah, and so day-to-day, -day, it's pretty, as life as a missionary is sometimes unpredictable, um, and day-to-day -day it looks different, um, but generally in the morning we'll have prayer um, around eight, eight o'clock in the morning, and then we'll usually have a team meeting of some sort. So after prayer on Tuesdays, we have like a, a logistical tactical meeting with the team. And then Wednesdays, we work on our fundraising stuff. Um, and then Thursdays, we have some sort of team formation to be forming ourselves, feeding ourselves. Um, and then like on Wednesday nights, I'll have my Bible study. Um, and then usually, on Thursday nights here, we have something called mass and meal, which is exactly what it sounds like. We have mass over at the Newman house, and then we have a meal for all the students. Um, so just being present there at different events. And then Tuesdays we'll have, Tuesday evenings we'll have, um, in the fall, we start with alpha, if you've heard of that. No, I don't know that, what is that? It's like, it's a program that essentially, it gets the conversation going about, um, Christianity essentially and it's very it's a very good tool for being able to invite anybody to come uh, and essentially there's three parts to it so one is a meal so providing everyone a good meal um, to kind of foster that like we're sharing something together and we can kind of hang out and then the second aspect is showing a video um, which Alpha is like a whole program, so they have all the videos there. So you just show the video, and then the third aspect is having a conversation about the video, and essentially it's the video is saying like, this is what we believe about Christianity, and then that time after the video is saying, we've we've told you what, what we believe, like now what, what do you think, or like what do you believe, like we just wanna hear your thoughts. Um, and so it's starting that conversation with people who might not even be Christian, might not be believing in God, um, really open to all walks of sure. life and belief. And so that that's on Tuesday nights, and then it kind of bleeds into RCIA. So for anyone who is in Alpha, who's interested in learning more about Catholicism, we'll have RCIA on Tuesdays. Um, and then kind of like, kind of interwoven everywhere is like one-on-one -on -one meetings with students and just like spending time with them. Uh, whether it be doing something fun like hanging out and just like being together or like having an intentional conversation or like teaching someone how to pray. Um, kind of a whole array of those things. Um, sure. Yeah. So that's kind so of. Yeah. So tell me about, so you, you have a focus though on athletics. Yeah. So tell me about that. Yeah. So since, since I know the life of an athlete, I know the life of a college athlete. I'm now working with, the college athletes here and so my bible study is comprised of girls from multiple sports so i have soccer uh, basketball volleyball track tennis uh, who are all in this bible study um, and really i think the benefit to that is that we all know the life of an athlete and how different that is and the demands of that and being able to relate with each other and for them to be able to see each other and say like, oh, this is someone else who is going through the exact same thing as I am and they're trying to grow in their faith and they're making their faith a priority. And so it's been cool because 
uh, a couple of them have uh, stepped up as leaders to lead Bible studies for the team, similar to how I did in uh, at Northwestern my junior year. Like they've stepped up to be leaders and like in the faith and recognize that their teammates, uh, even if they don't practice, if they if they you know just come to Sunday mass or whatever, if they don't if they're Christian of some uh, or some other belief, like they've been convicted that their teammates need God. And so helping them step up to lead their teams too. So just like being with them and being able to say that I know their lives and uh, these are some things that, that are helpful um, to being able to grow in faith and lead others to grow in their faith as well. Yeah, so I, you know, a, a lot of people when they watch TV, they they see sometimes on these NFL games, they see some of the players all getting together at the end of a game uh, from the different teams, and they 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 take a knee and they pray, you know, uh, and that's kind of a outside, um, or you know, and then you see the baseball players. A lot of the the players will get up and they'll they'll um, make the sign of the cross uh, before they they go to bat. And, you know, all these visual things. Um, I think athletes, um, I, I, I ran cross country and track in, in uh, college. And uh, certainly there, were, there weren't any missionaries that I knew about back then. Like I sure uh, probably could have used one back then. Um, but the, I can see that, you know, especially with division one athletics, it's, um, it's stressful. It's, mm-hmm isolating you on an island a little bit because there's such so much of a focus on your performance and it's a ton of hard work and yeah. it's um yeah don't get me wrong it's, it's it's a very good lifestyle i th- i thought it was i really enjoyed it but i just see such a need for what you're doing there because the um you know the i i guess you would say the dead end of uh, a lack of a meaningful life when you're in such a competitive environment in sports as well as in uh, academics and life in general. If you believe in natural law, which I do, um, that uh, that there is a purpose for life and uh, and there's a purpose for what we do and. And there is a God, and and He created us, and then and we're supposed to to find exactly what, what is our purpose in life. That those types of things are so profound that it's really cool that you're involved in that process. I hope you you understand that and feel that 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 this is. I know, I know you may get a lot of uh, pushback or no or you know hey get away from me type thing, but I hope you know how important your job is. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know how important it is. I don't know how other, how much other people think it is. Um, yeah. 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 Cause I think there is that it's easy to get caught up in, um, yeah, kind of the things that aren't eternal. Um, and to, re- yeah, to realize the importance of that and how, how, how growing as a Christian growing as a Catholic, like, how it ultimately affects every other aspect of your life and how becoming, yeah, becoming a better, a more faithful Christian helps us be more excellent 
in our sports, in our academics. And because once you, once you realize that becoming a Christian, like becoming a good, doing what we're supposed to be doing as Catholics, like isn't just one hour a week on Sundays at mass, that it's every single moment of your life then now like you don't want to you don't want to throw away any any piece of your life and you want to be excellent in every area that you're uh, pursuing even if it isn't explicitly about faith um and so i think that yeah that it's crazy how big of an impact faith has on everything that we do if we let it yeah you know so that the um you know, they talk about, uh, I know that, you know, I try and read a little bit about, you know, the scriptures. And, and one of them that, that always hits me is, you know, um, they ask Jesus um, what, uh, you know, what, what must we do? And he says, well, you must love God with all your spirit, your mind, your heart, everything. And then after that, which is the number one thing, then you love your neighbor as yourself. And it's interesting how that flows, that, that once, once you develop the relationship that you understand that, that God is your creator and the Holy Spirit's there to help you and uh, Jesus Christ is your friend that walks with you throughout life and is there all this power that is available to you mm-hmm. that all you have to do is ask for help and it'll be there. Yeah. Um, and God gives you everything if it's good for you. If it's good for you, God will give it to you. I mean, that's that's my my conviction, and yeah. so that's the type of thing that that um, it took me years and years and years. So again, Maria, it's a long game, so don't get discouraged. <laughs> you know, these you know, it's a long game. I'm I'm 56 yeah. years old, and uh, you know, I had to go through the roller coaster of life of ups and downs, etc. And you know, some you go through some tough t- tough times, and then you figure out using your reason and using your spirit to figure out what's right. And I think. It, the practical side for me is is that um, the life is a lot lot less stressful if you understand the purpose in your life and if you accept the grace that's available to us and then you're able to reach out to others. Uh, but the first thing you have to do is figure out who you are mm-hmm. and then move it out move out. Do you kind of see that? Oh, definitely. yeah, and that's something that. I think is um, a struggle for missionaries in particular, uh, focused missionaries in particular, because this is something that my team has been talking a lot about this year, is kind of the importance of us being filled up first before we're able to give and before we're able to be on mission. And so I think it's easy to fall into the mindset that as missionaries, we have to do everything and that we have to like that we have to just spend ourselves and we have to compromise ourselves and compromise our well-being. But really, I think the way to live well as a missionary is to, that's something that I've learned too, is the importance of balancing and like allowing myself, giving myself permission to be filled up first, Um, certainly through prayer and daily prayer, but then also just in other aspects like having hobbies and like engaging in leisure activities. Um, and so that importance of being rooted in the Lord so that we can pass that on to others. 
and we can pass on you know what we've been praying about and we can talk about it with others and yeah just the importance of that because as we've experienced here like as i've experienced over my time as a missionary like all of the lasting lasting impact the lasting fruit that has been born through me has simply been an overflow from me being filled up by god first and so having that order in the correct order and i think it's easy to get it all flipped flip-flopped so yeah I, you know and you know you don't you don't have to look any further than from some of our more most recent saints you know uh saint mother Teresa of calcutta mm-hmm. you know you know she was always asked you know about you know where she gets her power from all this stuff she's listen we're not a social service organization the number one thing that we do is we go to mass every day mm-hmm. and we are in adoration every day all the nuns and that's number one thing we do before we eat, before we do anything else, because that is how we get the power mm-hmm. to be able to, to treat the folks that come to us, the children of Calcutta, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the poor, the destitute. And that's how we are able to do it, because none of it comes from us. It comes from God. Mm-hmm. Whenever people would come up to her and say, Mother Teresa, you know, thank you so much. Thank you so much. She'd always, you know, point to the crucifix on the wall and say, listen, that's how I get my power. Yeah. And so I, you know, that's, that's something that people, you know, in my generation get, they understand that, that what a impact this four foot nine lady from um, Albania had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just making the decision to do what God told her to do, which was, you know, being told to go to Calcutta and to, to be a nun. And then when she saw all the, the, the horrible misery there, she went to the Pope and asked if she could start her own order. And, and he said, yeah. And then she did exactly what she was supposed to do. And you could tell she was in her group. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the, the move that I see people practically understanding is that yeah. they see all the great th- fruits that come from that. All those people that are fed, they were, they were given mm-hmm. medical care because of her faith life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and that's something that has always been a struggle and something that I keep trying to embody, I guess, and trying to trying to live by that truth that that's kind of all if I'm doing that right, then everything else, all the external like missionary work is just going to flow and it's going to be it's going to flow naturally, like it's it's not going to be forced and it's going to be fruitful and it's going to be not easy, but it's not going to be like unnecessarily stressful because it will be from God. That yeah. And, yeah. Things. Right. Yeah. And you know, the, the way, I guess the, you know, one of the ways you, have, you can look at it from the practical world standpoint is that, I mean, that one um, young lady that got baptized, I mean, if, even if you had only done that one thing, your mm-hmm. life's work would have been successful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's the way, the way you got to look at it. I know, and I know that we as Americans, we are uber worried about checking the box, getting it all done. Yeah. I know as, as a, you know, in my work, you know, it's productivity, you know, you know how things are going, et cetera. But the, the, the number one thing is that, that I have, a, you know, make sure my house is in order mm-hmm. uh, with, with my daily prayer. That, that's what this whole COVID thing yeah. you know, with our churches closed, it's, it's very difficult right now. Um, 
and I, I think it's it can be difficult for 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 a lot of people because that that disconnection is not good. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think yeah, I've appreciated the ways that people are being creative with like live streaming masses and doing these virtual conferences and having all of these virtual things that people are getting really creative with or even like I was talking to my cousin and she was saying that um the chaplain at her college was doing adoration from his window and people would drive up with their cars and just like pray there um nice yeah. yeah yeah so listen so um I, I it's been such a great time talking to you and I, I want to talk to you in the future um but I wanted to to ask you how could people support you um I know that you do all your own fundraising so that you're able to do the work that is very important that you do. So how can people support you, Maria? Yeah, I think uh, through prayers and then financial support, um, prayer being the, the, the soil by which all of the fruit is being born. You broke up there for a second. Are you, are you still? Are you still with yeah. us? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you, so let's do that again because it, oh. it, you get we get you get it. So so basically, number one, they can pray for you, mm-hmm. and so that's that's definitely going to happen. I will be. You're, you're in my book. I pray for you every day when I pray the rosary, and I I'm so um, grateful that we have somebody from Saint Joan of Arc doing what you're doing. This is amazing to me. Um, but. As far as fundraising goes, how how can people help you uh, financially? Yeah, so every every focus missionary fundraises their whole salary, and so um, yeah, the way that people give that's most helpful is uh, like monthly donations, and just having that consistent giving, um, being able to count on it. Um, and so, if anyone feels called to give in that way, I would be very appreciative. So um, how do they do that? Uh, how, how would they do that? You know, just give, give the how yeah. to do that. Yeah, Maria. Yeah, I have a, a link with a, or my do- donation link fundraising page that it's super easy to do online giving. Um, and that would be the preferred one. But then there's also, you can mail in a check too that I can, I can give you instructions on. Okay, yeah, so t- tell me online how people would do it. So they, they, they go to Focus? Uh, yeah, so it's, I can, I can give you the link to, it's focus.org slash missionaries slash Maria dash Grigleski. Okay, and it's G-R-Y-G-L-E-S-K-I, right? Mm-hmm. Well, great. Well, listen, so um, I'm hopeful, I'm, I encourage all, everybody that listens to this or watches this, to support Maria. I think she's um, just a wonderful young lady doing this. And it's obviously, she, I mean, if you're a meter, it's, you've already met her. So this is, this is great and hopeful. Uh, but is there anything else that, um, you know, that you're, you're, you're planning now? Are you planning on sticking with this for a little while? Yeah. So I will be in Duluth next year as well for the academic year. And then that's, that's the current plan. And we'll kind of see from there. Um, so yeah, I'll be home for the summer a little bit. I'll be in Duluth for an, about another month and then I'll be home for about seven weeks and then I'll be back in Duluth. So. Well, hopefully our St. Joan of Arc will be open and we can yeah. see each other at mass and, uh, and then we can, um, we can touch base and uh, hear, hear all the great stories of all the work you're doing, but thank you so much, Maria, yeah. uh, for what you're doing and, and let us know how we can help you. Um, 
and then make sure that you we keep in touch. I'm hopeful that we can uh, keep in touch and hear some great stories about all the work you're doing. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much, Joe, for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the opening statement with Joe Shannon. You can find us on the internet at shannonlawgroup.com or telephone our office at 312-578-9501. Have a terrific day.